want to thank you, choir, special singers today. Thank you, church, and blessing to be in the house of God today. Well, I appreciate what God's doing, don't you? I'm telling you, he's, he's given me a new day. He's refreshed me. He's revived me. Man, he's blessed me, and I thank him for his mercy, and I thank him for his grace. Amen. I appreciate you being today in the house of the Lord. It's a privilege to be able to worship Jesus Christ with you fine folks today. You have your Bibles this morning, a very familiar text, the book of Luke chapter 15 is what's on my heart. The book of Luke chapter 15. When you found your place, I'll ask you to stand with me this morning as we read just a few verses. Luke chapter 15, the Bible says in verse 1, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Can I read verse 8? Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? Can I read verse 11? And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When I look at this text today, these verses that I've read, it makes me think of mercy's message. Father, would you help us this morning to preach the word in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for what you're doing around here. And God, it's such a place, Lord, you have to raise our ability to preach up today, God, because I can't, but I know you can. So, Lord, would you do it through us and would you do it for us? God, I thank you for this opportunity. Help us now, Lord, I pray, to point somebody towards Jesus. And for this, I pray in Christ's name, amen and amen. There were some children at school. They were, they were going back and forth. They, they said, well, my name is Mark and it's in the Bible. And another little girl said, she said, well, my name is Martha and it's in the Bible. And another little girl said, well, that's nothing. My name is Sarah, and it's in the Bible. A little boy came and said, my name's Samuel, and it's in the Bible. And another little girl, she said, well, my name's in the Bible too. And they said, no, it's not in the Bible. Your name is Edith, and Edith is not in the Bible. She said, did you ever read in Luke 15 too? This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Maybe my name ought to be Edith today, amen. Now in this text, Jesus began to teach the publicans and the sinners and they were drawing near to him. 
And the Pharisees, they were murmuring and they were backbiting. They began to speak sarcastically. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. They're accusing Jesus. This is what they're saying. If you are who you say you are, a holy man, then you would know that you're with a sinful crowd and you ought not to be amongst them. But see, the thing about Jesus, they don't understand the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of our master, of the Messiah sent from God. And they, they did not consider that mercy has components of truth and the compassion of love and the comfort of sweet forgiveness. Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 9, in verse number 13, he said, I will have mercy. Jesus illustrated this mercy and this love and this forgiveness with these parables about the lost sheep, the lost silver, and the lost son. I want us to think for a moment. First of all, there is the ledger of the accountant. Imagine with me there is a shepherd and he has a hundred sheep, but one of them has wandered away. One of them has gone astray. One of them is missing. And the phone rings. Hello? It's the accountant. And the accountant says, Mr. Shepherd, it's time to take inventory of your sheep. And the shepherd says, well, sadly, I must report that one of my sheep is missing. One of my sheep is lost. I had a hundred, but one of them is no more. The accountant says, well, that's pretty good. I mean, that's still okay. You've only lost one out of 100. You still have 99% of your sheep. When the lambing season starts, you'll easily make up for the one that you lost. So the accountant says, no big deal. And the reason he does is because to him, sheep are numbers on a page and they're marks in a ledger. The accountant has hardly ever seen the sheep. And even then, it was from a great distance. The accountant does not know what it's like to take the sheep out of the sheepfold and lead them down to the green pastures and beside the still waters. He doesn't know what it's like to lay his hand on their little head and anoint them with oil to bless them. The accountant doesn't know what it's like to bring those sheep back into the fold and to know that they're all accounted for. He doesn't know the heartbreak of one that might not be there. You see, the accountant is not concerned about the loss of one sheep. He says you still have 99. That's pretty good. I think about the silver. There was a woman who began with 10 pieces of silver in her headdress, but one of those pieces has fallen out, and now one of those is missing, and the phone rings. It's the accountant. He says, it's time to take inventory. She says, sadly, I've lost one of my 10 pieces of silver out of my headdress. So I must report today that one of them is lost and one of them is missing. And the accountant says, well, that's still pretty good. You've only lost one out of 10. You still have 90% of the silver. And I'm sure that as the value of silver increases, you will more than make up for the loss of that one piece. So the accountant says, 
no big deal because to him, silver is just numbers on a page and a mark in a ledger. The accountant has never known the love of the one who gave her the silver, of the one who gave her the headdress. The accountant, listen, he has no idea what that emblem of love was to this woman who's about to be married to her bridegroom. And the love of the one who gave the silver far outweighs the value of silver to her. I think about the son. The father began with two sons, but one has decided to go away from home. One has decided to depart and to leave into the far country. And the accountant calls and says, it's time to take inventory of the farm. How's everything going? And the father says, sadly, we've experienced a real loss. There's a heartbreak in our family and a tragedy. One of my sons has went into the far country. One of my sons is missing from home. One of my sons is gone. And the accountant says, well, I will admit that's a hard loss. You had two sons, and you say you still got one left? Well, even at 50%, you could still make it. Even at 50%, the work in the farm can still go on. Even at 50%, you can surely overcome the loss of one son. Losing one will not put an end to your work on the farm. And the accountant says that because to him, it's not his son. That farm is just numbers on a page and marks in a ledger. The accountant doesn't know what it's like to love sons. He doesn't know what it's like to see them be bored and to see them be growing up and and to pray over them. He doesn't know the joy that children bring. And the accountant, he, he can never get the meaning of what a son is to a father. You see, they're just marks on a ledger. I think number two, there is the loss to the affectionate. The word lost, it carries heartache, grief, anxiety, pain, suffering, anguish, terror, and horror. The word lost actually carries the word separation. Look in verse number four. He will go after that which is lost until he find it. Look at verse number six. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Look in verse number nine. When she hath found it, she called their friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Look at verse 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The word lost is there four times. I think about those that are affectionate, those that have affection for these things that are lost. I think about the shepherd. This morning, church, the shepherd, he's not satisfied with 99%. He'll take the 99 and put them safely in the sheepfold, and he will go after that one which was lost. Do you know why? Those or that one sheep is his sheep. I think about that woman. She'll take the other nine pieces of silver and she will put them in a safe place and she will begin to search diligently and go after that one which is lost. Why? 
It's her silver. I think about the father. Why does he open the door every day and look out the window every day? Because he's looking for that one which is lost. I'm talking to somebody this morning. There is someone that you have great affection for. They are without. They are drifted away. They are no longer with you today. And your heart is broken. And your heart is heavy. And everybody tries to encourage you, just go on, it's going to be okay. You could still get all this done, but listen to you. That one that's lost is not numbers on a page. To you, that one that's missing is not marks in some ledger somewhere. It's not some pie graph or some pie chart that we put on the screen. It's not just some number to you. It's real, the loss that you're experiencing today. Thirdly, I see in this the love of the Almighty. Each one of these parables express the love and the mercy and forgiveness of Almighty God. I think about the shepherd. Here the sheep, one of those hundred sheep, he has 99 left, but one of them is missing. I'm reading the parable in the parallel passage in Matthew chapter 18, I believe it's verse 12, where the shepherd will go into the mountains to look for his sheep. I read to you in verse 4 that he will go into the wilderness to look for his sheep. He will brave any condition. He goes out calling, Here, sheep! Here, sheep! And he hears that sheep. And you and I, as we fall and we look for that shepherd, what he's doing, you'll find a place where the dust is kicked up. You'll find a place where there's blood on the briars and blood on the thorns. You'll, you'll see the place of a bloody trail and you and I'll follow that bloody trail and we'll find the shepherd. There he is, he's recovered the sheep. He set the sheep up on his shoulders and, and, and as he carries the sheep back into the sheepfold, all the other sheep say, wow, what happened to him? Look at sin in his life. He's, he's bloodied. He's, he's wet. He's, he's, he's weary. He's, he's wounded. Look at the marks of sin in his life. And the Lord, who carries the sheep, the sheep on his shoulder, turns around to look. But he says, what sin? What wounds? Well, I, I don't see them. You know why? Because my sin's behind his back. In his mercy, he forgave me. In his mercy, he's restored me. In his mercy, he has blessed me. Oh, what a shepherd we have this morning to come after us wet, weary, wounded sheep. Now let's just go back for a second. Back up that bloody trail. Back where there's blood on the thorns and the briars. Back where the dust was kicked up. And you'll find that wasn't the sheep's blood. It was the blood of the shepherd. Look closely. It was a crown of thorns that he bore. It's a cross, blood stained, where he gave his life as he, 
as he went. Watch that bloody trail as he goes after those that are sin sick, those that are drifting, those that are lost. And he goes until he finds that one which was lost. The shepherd refused to give up until he found that one. You may get tired of me preaching mercy. You may get tired of me preaching love and forgiveness all the time, but honey, I'm gonna tell you, the shepherd will have mercy every day and he'll have love every day and he'll have forgiveness every day. I think about the love of the Almighty in the parable of the lost sheep. What about the parable of the lost silver? Pardon me, I'm just having a time up here. When I think about the silver, this woman realizing that silver wasn't just silver in a bag. It was part of something. It was a symbol of love. It's a symbol of real relationship. It's a symbol of salvation. It's a symbol of her preparations to meet her groom and to be wed. He's the love of her life. He's the salvation of her soul. And she knew something is missing. She's not satisfied with 90%. She's got to have it all in this relationship. And so she does the unthinkable. She doesn't say 90%'s okay. She goes and lights a candle. And she begins to sweep in every corner looking for that piece of silver which was lost. Y'all looking at me? She would even get down on her hands and her knees digging back in the corner trying to find that which is lost. I'm telling you, our Savior is on his hands and his knees and he's pleading and he's begging and he's sweeping and he's searching and he's seeking that which is lost. Aren't you glad he came after you one day? When you in the muck and the mire and the dust and the filth of sin, he was looking just for you and he found you and he brought you out. Oh, how I bless his holy name this morning. My Bible, hear me, to her the silver is not a mark on a ledger. It's not a number on a page. It's about her relationship to her groom. I think about the parable of the son. Now, if you'll pardon me for a second, I want to say that the first parable, the shepherd went after the sheep. The second parable, the woman went after the silver. But in the third parable, the father did not go after the son for someone who's waiting on him to come after you. I'm telling you, the son had to make a choice. And the father, being a gentleman, was waiting on the choice of the son. There may be somebody here today. He's knocking on your heart's door, but he's a gentleman He'll not force his way in. He's waiting on you to make a choice. And that son, he took everything that was coming to him and he departed. He was tired of the rules of the father. He was tired of of serving God. He was tired of preaching. He was tired of praying. He was tired of shouting. He was tired of singing. He said, I'm not going back to that. So the Bible said he went out to riotous living in the far country. And the Bible says he spit all and he began to be in want. Verse 17, knowing that this young man 
has nothing to eat, and he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that he did feed to the swine. Verse 17 says, and when he came to himself. That means he's had an aha moment. He's realized where he's at. He's realized what he's done. He's realized the marks of sin in his life. He's realized how he treated his father who loved him. And he says in verse 18, I will arise. He's made a choice. He's made a decision. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, I am no worthy. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Why? Because he sinned before heaven and he sinned before thee. Verse 20, he arose and he came to his father. But, you ought to underline that word. That's almost like saying but God. That word but is a marked change. It is a conjunction, but there's a marked change coming. When he gets there, he's got this speech prepared. I'm going to tell my father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I'm going to tell you I'm not worthy to be your son. I make me as one of your hired servants. Daddy. He's got this whole speech. He's, he's been memorizing. He's been practicing with every step. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. And when I get there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But my Bible says, oh boy, my Bible says his father, when, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Every day, that boy, get, uh, that father would get up and say, oh, I'm looking for him. Come walking down that old gravel road. I'm, I'm looking for my boy. Amen. See, the accountant don't go looking. The accountant don't care. Many people in the church don't care. But to a father, for his son, he's looking every day. Dr. Gray Allison told me this, that one day he decided to go wayward. He wasn't in the house of God and around the things of God anymore. And he went wayward. And every morning, his mama would get up and bake fresh cookies and a brand new cake. And she'd say to her husband, today's the day. Our boy's coming home. I've been praying for him. God says he's coming home and I want to be prepared when he gets here. And by the end of the day, when he hadn't showed up again, she'd go to bed and keep praying. And the next morning, she'd get back up and she'd make fresh cookies and prepare a brand new cake. She'd say, today's the day my boy's going to come home. I want to be prepared when he does. And one morning, she got up. She made cookies, and she made cake. And he come to the door. He come beating and banging on the door. And she swung that door open. And she said, she said, Oh, son, how I love you. How I've missed you, son. Come on in the house with me, son. You're always welcome the place you left. I prepared you cookies. I prepared you a cake. The father said, put a ring on his finger. Put a robe on his back. Put shoes on his feet. Kill the fatted calf and rejoice with me. For this, my son was dead. I thought he was lost, but he's been found. Amen. There's the love of Almighty God. In each one of these, do you see the reaction? Verse 5, when the shepherd, look, when the shepherd had found it, he laughed it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, 
rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Our church had been asked to go sing at Fletcher First Baptist with the Justice family. And many of you were there that night. And the place was packed out with hundreds and hundreds of people. And I thought, who in the world are we as a choir to get up and sing in front of all these people? And there they were in the service. And the Holy Ghost started moving. It started working. And one of our very own, Brother David Guinnessberger, he gets out of his seat. He makes his way down the aisleway. He grabs a hold of me on the front row. And he said, Preacher, come pray with me. We knelt over in this section. He said, I know you ain't going to understand it, preacher. I'm the choir director. I know you're not going to understand it. My daddy's a preacher. I know you're not going to understand it because I come from a good family. But preacher, Darren, I am L-O-S-T. I am lost and I need to be saved. I thought you've come to a good place. The house of God in an old-fashioned order that's lifted up the name of Jesus who died for our sins and who was buried and was raised again and he's looking in the corners for the lost Silver, and he's going out looking for the lost sheep and he's saying brother David I remember, I remember that day and I turned to that listen I turned to that great congregation vast audience from church after church after church many of, many of them say people probably some lost people and this is what I said I said rejoice with me that's what I said and all the Bethel people, y'all started clapping and rejoicing and shouting and praising God. And I took off running to praise God for the soul he saved. And many of the church looked at me like, what's he doing? They weren't clapping. They're not shouting. They're mesmerized while I'm running. While the Bethel people are shouting and praising God. i tell you why they weren't rejoicing with us. Because it wasn't one of their sheep. But when it's one of your sheep, amen, I'm telling you to make a difference. And then the next thing I knew, some of them started catching on. By the time I hit the corner and was trailing down this way shouting, God saved him, God saved him, God saved him. As I did that, then they started saying, well, hallelujah, that is one of our sheep. We're in it too, amen. And the next thing I knew, the whole church was going crazy. And this is what I didn't see. But on the other side of eternity, in a place called glory, there is joy in heaven over one sinner that just got saved. More than 99 righteous persons which needed no repentance. Hey, church, rejoice with me. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is the Savior. Rejoice with me. I say hallelujah. God save my wife. God save my daughter. God save my son. God save my people. Rejoice with me. Preacher, I'm not going to come hear you preach again. You're getting me too excited. I think about the woman with the silver. What'd she do when she found it? Verse 9. When she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angel of God over one sinner 
that repenteth. On the other side of glory, when that one was found, they had lit it up, that heaven's cry went running to the street. It's been found, it's been found. Thank God Almighty, it's been found. Rejoice with me. What about the father? What was going on back at the father's house? Hey, I'm see if I can get amen. I want one. We're in the father's house right now. What was going on in the father's house when the son came home? My Bible says, look with me. My Bible says in verse 24, the father said, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to be merry and his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard, what did he hear? Music and dancing. Hey, I might just call a few dance moves this morning myself, amen. Oh, what a savior he is. You know what they're doing in the house of God? They're singing, they're shouting, they're rejoicing over the prodigal who's come home. Hey, church, Jesus said, I will have mercy. Mercy's message has components of truth, compassion of love, amen, and it has complete forgiveness. Amen. Well, I think I'll just quit right there. I'm telling you, if today, if you know a family member, maybe it's your son, maybe it's your grandson, they're not marks on a page. Hear me. I've got a whole prayer list full of names. You write names down, you write names down, and maybe to you, you've got a prayer list or a prayer journal. But if you're not careful, it'll just become a name on a list. Amen, church. Just be honest. But when one of them names becomes one of yours, it takes on a whole new meaning. And I'm asking you today, church, as a collective group that comes together, would you pray one for another? It may not be your family that's in trouble, but somebody's got a grandchild. Somebody's got a couple of them that's gone wayward. Somebody's got a, got a situation. Somebody has a need this morning. And I'm asking you, church, if you'd stand to your feet and say, oh, God, would you remember mercy today on that family? Lord, would you call the lost? God, that one that's, I'm telling you today, somebody in your life is missing. It may not be that they're lost, but you missed them here on earth. And they're in the splendor of eternity and the splendor of glory. I'm asking you today, would you come and say, oh, God, would you comfort? Oh, God, would you have mercy on me today, God? I need you so desperately. Would you come? This folks are coming. Well, hallelujah to God. Would you come this morning? Would you desire the restoration of the lost? Would you dedicate and remain prayerful? Would you decide to rejoice in mercy's message with me? Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. You've gone wayward. Maybe you're here and you're backslid on God. I don't know. But God said, I'll have mercy. I'll not remember what you've done. I'll forgive you. I'll take it away. Hey, there might be somebody here. Would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need to be saved. Pastor, I've gone, I've gone wayward. It's not I need salvation. I am saved, but I backslid on God. My relationship's not what it once was. I want it restored today. Is there anybody? I'm going to pray for you. I'll not embarrass you, I promise. God bless you. Is there anybody else? God bless you. Is there anybody else? 
Anybody else? God's, God bless you. Anybody else? Maybe you're in the altar already. God bless you. Anybody else? Here you're watching at home. We're going to pray for you today. If you're not saved, today will be, the be the day you call on Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. Just pray. Say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Would you save me? I believe you died. I believe you rose again. Lord, would you save me? He'll do it just like that if you'll call on him. Father, this morning, you're the master of mercy. And you've given us a message, God, that you will have mercy. You'll have mercy on lost sheep who are vulnerable. You'll have mercy on lost silver, which is valuable. You'll have mercy on lost sons today, God, which have a decision, Lord. They have their own decision. God, I pray you'd help them today, Lord. Father, I pray for that grandchild. I pray for that youngin. God, that's in trouble. God, it's gone wavered. Drugs has a hold of them. The devil has deceived them, God. Lord, they just got a, a case of laziness, God. And they ventured out of the house of God, not knowing as they're drifting, 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 the peril, the danger that they're headed towards. Oh, God, I pray you'd put a stop up. Oh, God, I pray you'd get a hold of their attention, Lord. Would you touch them? Would you help them? Would you speak to them, Lord? Would you bring them back? Would you restore them, God? Hey, would you cause us at the house of God, Lord, to shout with them and praise God with them and not be a judgmental elder brother? God, would you help us to love them? God, would you help us to love mercy? Would you help us to love forgiveness, God? Would you help us, God, to encourage and discourage? Would you help us to support the weak, God? Would you help us to be patient, long-suffering? For this I pray, God, in Jesus' name, looking for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.